His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. And your love endures forever. Holy Spirit, you're already here. Just come and Lord, just release power tonight. Release miracles tonight. Release everything that's on your heart for tonight. <laughs> ha, ha. Lord, we don't want to put any boxes on you. You can go as big as you want to go in our hearts. Just do it. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. So, um, I actually have a um, little letting go exercise that I wanted to do right off the bat so it kind of fits so um, I just want everybody to just close their eyes (laughs) I want you to picture yourself as a little kid and you're standing in front of your daddy God's mansion in front of you is a really large basket with a lid on it and you feel like it's your responsibility to take this basket inside the house The problem is the basket is super heavy. You have no idea what's inside it because there's a lid, but it feels like a ton of bricks. You tug and you pull, but the basket isn't budging. You feel overwhelmed by trying to bring the basket inside the house. Stress, anxiety, and even condemnation land on you as you try to figure out how you're going to do this impossible thing. Now picture your heavenly father coming out the front door. He sees your struggle, and he lovingly comes over to your side. Why didn't you come get my help, he asks, looking lovingly straight into your eyes. All you had to do was ask. You see great understanding written in his face. He isn't upset, and he makes you feel like he totally gets the hard time you've had. You feel him gently pry your fingers from the basket. He laughs at how hard you've been holding on. You're not quite in the laughing mood yet, but you soon will be. Your papa sits down beside the basket and places you on his lap. You know this basket isn't supposed to make, you know this basket isn't supposed to make you all worked up. It's a gift I picked out just for you. Do you want to see what's inside? By now you are starting to let go of your stress and you nod your head yes. The basket lid comes off, and God reaches inside the basket to pull out a puppy. (laughs) You both laugh out loud as the puppy climbs over you and and licks both of your ears. All along, this basket had been nothing more than the cover for a beautiful, wonderful gift from your amazing dad. So, what is the basket? It can be a lot of things, but I feel like it's life. <laughs> life in all of its forms, all of its heaviness and problems. And what is the puppy? It's the perfect gift God has planned inside of everyday life, of everything you're going through. It's an in- invitation to encounter his goodness if you'll just watch for it. Um, that's it. (laughs) Um, 
this verse. I don't think I put it in the right place. This is, um, I just love this verse. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them, which is us, the sheep, a rich and satisfying life. So God likes life. That's what I was getting out of this. God really likes life. It doesn't have to be a heavy, awful thing that you walk through. He likes life. He made life to be fun. He made happiness. He made, yes, he made trials, but they're only to produce good things. So um, this is uh, Psalm six, uh, 16, 5 through 6. You guys can open your eyes if you want, or you can keep them closed. <coughs> oh, Lord. I believe David wrote this. I should have looked it up, but I'm pretty sure he wrote it. Psalm 16, 5 through 6. Oh, Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines have fallen to me like the boundaries of his property. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. Can you honestly say that? Can you say that over your life? Can you say that over everything that you've walked through that my lot has fallen in pleasant places? Can you say that he leads you beside the still waters and restores your soul? And for me, I realize that I'm not waiting on something to change to be able to say that. Sometimes I get so focused on what I want to see change that I forget what's already happened for us. And you can say, well, look at David. He, he became a king. He was amazing. You know, he had an awesome life. Of course, he could say, my lot fell in pleasant places. But Ephesians 1.7 says, since we, this is talking about us, we are now joined to Christ. Haha. <laughs> David lived in the Old Covenant. He didn't get to experience this. Since we are now joined to Christ, we have been given the treasures of redemption by his blood, the total cancellation of our sins. David didn't get to experience this. He, he saw it in the future. He longed for it. We have all of our sins wiped out, all because of the cascading riches of his grace. So has your light has your life is it good have you can you say that my lot my lot in life has fallen in good and pleasant places yes we all can so what do we believe about our lives do we believe this that our job our family our mundane tasks everything are just good gifts from God they're like that basket they might not seem anything special but there's something hidden inside and everything you do that's what God does. Um, okay. <clears throat> so I'll just tell a story because it gets read a lot. And it's the story of um, Jesus in the storm. And you all probably know it by heart, but he's in the storm with the disciples in the boat in the middle of the lake, and he's asleep, and they're freaking out. And then they wake him up, and he says, peace to the storm. And then he turns to them and says, and this is the part that I, I liked in the Passion. It means it in all of them, but it worded it different. Why are you so afraid? 
haven't you learned to trust yet? Haven't you learned to trust yet? What hit me was, he didn't say to the disciples, why were you not praying and fasting for this storm? Why were you not spiritually ready for this storm? Why weren't you casting out the devils out of the storm? Why weren't you doing, what, what did he say? He said, <clears throat> what did he say? That is a good question. <laughs> Haven't you learned to trust yet? Haven't you learned to trust? That was it. So this is what I was saying. Trust is the key to walking in victory. You want to be prepared, uh, prepared for every storm in life? Then trust. That's it. You don't have to have all of, the, all of the works of the enemy taken care of to walk through life happy and walking in blessing. All you have to do is trust. And when the storm comes, go. Peace. Because you're trusting. When you move out of that place of trust, it's powerful. <clears throat> yes. Sorry. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, okay, sorry, am I just jumping around on me? Song of Songs 4.8, I love this. Now, this is the Lord talking, You are ready, my bride, to come with me as we climb the highest peaks together. Come with me through the archway of trust, and we will look down from the crest of the glistening mounts and from the summit of our sublime sanctuary, Together we will wage war in the lion's den and the leopard's lair as they watch nightly for their prey. It's through the archway of trust that the Lord calls us into fighting battles. So it's like what we were singing. We can't fight battles. We're not supposed to fight battles on our own anyway, but we're, we can't fight battles unless we go through trust. When you walk through the archway of trust, you see victory, and it's not hard because he's right there. He goes with you to every single battle and takes care of it. Um, wow, this made sense when I typed it out, but it's not right now. Okay. Okay, I'm just going to skip ahead to where it does make sense. All right. So this is uh, the one thing that... <laughs> that I feel like I've been in a season of trust. I feel like me and Haley, we've walked through a, a season of learning how to trust. That's been our wonderful ac exercise. Um, but recently our woods was logged and um, we had been wanting to get it logged probably for like a year or so. I don't remember how long it's been. But um, we wanted to have, we've got like two acres and most of it's almost all woods. And so we're like, yeah, let's log the trees and then we could have maybe a little bit of a yard <laughs> and we won't have to have, we couldn't grow a garden or anything before. So um, it finally ha started happening. We were getting our woods logged and um, it's about, it's almost done. It's almost there. But I was out there looking at it and it's, it's a mess. <laughs> if anybody's ever seen a woods that's been logged, it's like a mess. Mud and uh, lots of treetops everywhere. And um, I was just looking at it like, oh boy, I've got to clean all that up. And um, I just heard the Lord say, this is a picture of the season you've been walking through. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> yay. <laughs> no. uh, 
No, it wasn't. It didn't. He didn't have to reaffirm that to me. It was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> this is what it looks like. And um, I feel like it's not just me and Haley. I feel like this has been maybe more than just even our church. I feel like it's maybe something the Lord's been doing across the nation. And this is um, so these are some things that I was getting off of that analogy of our woods being logged. Um, First off, the logs to me at first represented fears. God had been going through a season of wonderfully removing all of my fears that had been grown up in my woods, he w- in my heart. Um, but then I began to realize the logs were not all fears. Some of them were good things that I thought. They were things that I actually valued. Things like relationships, money, dreams, desires, like dreams and desires for the future. That's what some of these logs were. We have been in a wonderful season of God clearing out the things that we thought we needed or the things that we thought we wanted so that he could do something else. And I have no idea what he's doing, but it's going to be something really good. Um, the wait was not, is not fun and was not fun in this past season. Uh, waiting on the rain to stop so they can get out there, waiting on the ground to dry, waiting on the ground to freeze, waiting on the snow to melt. Felt like it would never, ever happen or never finish. Boy, isn't that how it feels sometimes. But we have been in a wonderful season of God working patience into us, perseverance, steadiness. The mess after the logging isn't as bad as I thought it would be, but it was overwhelming when I thought of cleaning it all up by myself. From our perspective, we've been thinking of the cleanup of our past seasons as if we were going to have to do it all ourselves. As I was surveying this mess, I felt God say that I had no idea the beautiful garden he was planning. And I'm hoping that's my physical yard too, but I, I knew it was my heart. We are God's Garden of Eden. Our hearts are his, they're not ours, they're his property to log and make whatever he wants out of them. He's got a beautiful garden planned for each one of our hearts. Trying to guess why or how during the process was pretty much useless. And it's because I have no idea, I don't know anything about logging, but watching the loggers and the cutters, I was like, why are they doing that? Why, why would they do that? Why, why, why? Lots of whys. Trying to guess why God allowed or did something or how he's going to make it up to you is useless. We've got to trust the master landscaper. We have been in a beautiful season. All of this is beautiful a beautiful season of God not answering our whys, but instead answering them with who he is. Every time I had a question about why is he doing that, he's a logger. He knows what he's doing. Every time you have a question about what God's doing with you or in you or around you, he's God. He knows what he's doing. You see, he isn't afraid of our questions, but the questions we ask are always kind of pointed in the wrong direction. A lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times, we want to know why God is doing something when he really wants us to just know who he is and who is doing the work.
Is it worth it? Yes, it is. When me and Haley uh, would ask ourselves this along the way, um, especially after we saw the mess that we had to do, um, we would remind ourselves of the vision of a yard one day. We would also remind ourselves that the logs would come back to us with, in monetary form. <laughs> and we would remind ourselves of the pretty view we would one they have, a, or we would, a few, ugh, we would have in a few years from now from our house, because we have trees right in front of our windows that will be gone. Um, so, what have you walked through or are walking through? Yes. So, what are you walk? Okay, I'll just say this. So, your life, is it worth it what you've been walking through? Absolutely. Catch the vision God has for you. That's really key. And you know, I think God really wants to give it. He doesn't want to just leave you hanging like, what am I doing? He might not give you exactly what he's doing, but he wants you to catch the vision. Catch the, the, oh, it's good. Whoa, it's good. Remind yourself that you're trading temporal things for eternal rewards. That's what's happening. When you have to go and you lose something, or when you, when you uh, don't get to have what you thought you should have had, you're trading that. Okay, I lay it down for whatever you have. And you're trading what's, what you could have physically for something that's eternal. You're trading it for something eternal. God said, or Jesus said to the disciples, anyone who, who um, gives up land and houses and mom and dads and brothers and sisters and wives i don't know about that but no no i don't think it was <laughs> do not follow this <laughs> read the bible yourself <laughs> ethan said to give up our wives <laughs> oh man anyways um he said that you will be rewarded in this life you get to give away what we have physically for um, the kingdom. Um, we get to praise in the middle of the mess. How awesome is that? I know people have said that over and over, but man, that is so wonderful that we get to start thanking God for his goodness before we see it. That's just like, I don't know, it just feels like when you get to do that, something's getting worked in you. You just feel like, whoa, this is powerful. Um, so um, I had all of this stuff that, that happened, and then the Lord confirmed it to me, because this is all just, you know, me just praying or whatever with the Lord. And then he gave me a dream to confirm it. And in the dream, and I believe this is something for all of you, for all of us, um, I dreamed that uh, the logging and stuff was, going, was getting finished. And the logger, which his name means head of the estate, and... Um, the head of the estate was there, and he had brought um, apple and peach trees that he was going to plant throughout the whole area that he had logged. And uh, in the dream, I was like, oh, awesome, cool, I've always wanted fruit trees. And I think, I think that that is a word for all of us. Whatever it's felt like, it's been completely logged, completely removed, and it's a mess now. The head of the estate is the one coming to clean up the mess, and he's going to plant the fruit everywhere, everywhere. Um, yes. All right. What is the Garden of Eden? It is not a place where God is. 
Is it not a place where God and man first walked in intimate communion? I think that's what God thinks of every time he thinks of the garden. Oh, that's where I, me and Adam and Eve got to commune, got to fellowship. That's why he calls us his gardens of Eden. This is what he's creating in each one of us. This season, if you maybe you're not walking through it, but one day you will or something. I mean, it just repeats. It's a cycle. Whenever you walk through a season of, I don't know what God is doing. Wow, you're taking things I didn't think you should take. It is an invitation for intimacy like we've never known. It is an invitation for walks with him because he's making a garden and for dreaming with him, catching his vision. There is so much more. (laughs) If we get to know our creator just one measure more than anything we go through is worth it. Let's leave behind the mess and the logs and the questions and discover another level of him that we've never known before. Um, and that was the end, but I had things I did want to share on top of that real quick. Um, this is something that kind of goes along with it. In the story of Jairus, 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 that's probably what it is, um, He's the one with, uh, he's a synagogue ruler, and his daughter died. Well, hadn't died yet. And he goes to Jesus, and um, he goes to Jesus, and he says, please come with me. My little daughter is on the point of death, and she's only 12 years old. Um, Come and lay your hands on her and heal her, and she will live. Immediately, Jesus went with him. And what stood out to me was Jesus did not say anything to him. A lot of times he would say, you know, your faith has, has made you well, go, you know, she's healed, don't worry about it. Um, or he'd say, you know, we're, you're going to see a miracle or whatever. He said nothing to Jairus in this, uh, in Mark. Um, and he says, immediately Jesus went with him. And uh, while they're going, a lady stops him and she gets healed and stuff. And then before he had finished speaking, with this lady, um, people arrive from Jairus's house and they push through the crowd and they say, there's no need to trouble the master any longer. Your daughter has died. But Jesus refused to listen to what they were told and said to the Jewish official, don't yield to fear. All you need to do is keep on believing. This is what I was seeing. Just because Jesus is walking with you, on your journey to a miracle doesn't mean he is caught up in the same level of desperation, fear, or worry you are. Jesus was walking calmly. In fact, he took time to heal someone else along the way. He was not, he was not worried about the outcome. He may not say anything to you to calm your fears at first. He's just walked with Jairus. He didn't say anything to him. No words, no promises, nothing. He may not offer you hope except that he's walking with you. But that doesn't mean he doesn't have all the hope in the world for your situation. He may not speak amazing promises for you to cling to, but that doesn't mean his power isn't present to save. Jesus is walking with you totally sure, totally free of fear, and totally knowing the outcome. The question is, Will we walk in his assurance, or will we worry 
all the way to our miracle. I love the part where Jesus won't let Jairus, Jairus give up. There is a moment when Jesus won't let you give up. He steps into the middle of bad news and he says, do not yield to fear. He knows when we need faith to revive our own. He is so good. And the end is he raises the little girl from the dead and brings complete restoration. That is the end of the story every single time. You can't read um, a story about Jesus where it doesn't happen that way. And, um, oh, this is the last thing. Job, what if we feel like our lives are like Job? Well, we tend to think in that story that the devil had a really good time. (laughs) We think that the devil got to do just about whatever he wanted to Job. But we forget that the devil was not in charge of the story of Job, nor, was he, nor is he in the charge of the story of your life. Guess who won at the end of the story? <laughs> God. And not just God, but he caused Job to share in the victory and have twice as much as he had before. So he actually brought Job up into his victory and made the devil wish he had never touched Job. It wasn't even a competition between God and the devil. God wrote the story, and he put the devil in there as a character to prove God's amazing power and sovereignty. So even if you feel like you're in the Job years or Job life, (laughs) it doesn't matter. God is in control. Don't ever worry about that. God is in control. The devil does not have any power over us. We are purchased by God. God paid for us. He paid for us with his own blood. That means you're not, you're not even your own anymore. You're not, you're not up for grabs. You're not for sale anymore. God has completely claimed you as his, and he's not about to let some little thing take you. He's not. Anyways, okay. Um, so... I felt like, if everybody wants to stand, um, I felt like the Lord wanted to release, um, I don't know, I felt like he wanted to do miracles in people's um, hearts, Um, so I'm just going to (laughs) pray. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. Holy Spirit, you know where every single person is at. And Lord, I thank you right now for breaking any chains of hopelessness, any chains of discouragement. And Lord, I thank you for every single person here catching the vision of what you're doing, catching the vision, catching hope, catching joy, catching what you are doing. And Lord, I thank you ha, 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 for ending cycles. <laughs> thank you for ending cycles of negativity. I thank you for uh, ending cycles of um, Lord, not knowing where, where people are going, not knowing where, where they're at. Lord, I thank you for ending the confusion. I thank you for ending it. Lord, we just release right now over our church and over, our, uh, over the, um, the body of Christ in America even. 
Lord, an end to the season of despair, the season of not knowing what you're doing and the bunch of questions and not able to see the vision. <laughs> Lord, we release the vision right now. We release hope right now into every heart. We release seeds of hope. We release faith. We release perseverance. We release joy. Lord, I thank you for joy, 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 joy. Ah, thank you, God, for releasing your Holy Spirit. Thank you for releasing intimacy like we've never experienced. Thank you for trust. Thank you, Lord, for a greater level of authority that's coming to your bride. Thank you for a greater level of authority that's coming because we trust you, because we trust you in a deeper way. Lord, thank you that you are doing something really good and we can get excited. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Lord, I just, I, uh, Lord, the other night when we had, um, Lord, we were worshiping together and stuff, Lord, I just had this anticipation that you're about to pour out your Holy Spirit in a way we've never seen before. And Lord, I just felt like you were just like giving little drops here and there and you're just like so happy that you're about to give a whole lot more. <laughs> Lord, I just thank you for it. Excitement 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 Lord thank you Lord thank you God thank you for listening to this message 